goes. There, there it go. goes. There. Perfect. Worked. All right. Cool. Yeah. I had to. I had my phone locked on portrait because, like, it. I was. I think I was like laying in bed and like just staring at my phone, and I didn't want it to like flip uh, or whatever. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's annoying as hell when that happens. Gotcha. Yeah. So how you been, man? How you feel? Good. Good. How are you guys? I, well, actually, I'm like I'm really like uh, beat to shit right now because uh, I'm. I've been training. Uh, I've actually been. I, I was a like. Long story short, I was a uh, a spot like a an ambassador for Kabuki Strength with like a discount code and like all that. Yeah. Like commission, whatever, yada yada. But um, I accepted a sponsored athlete role with them now, and uh, they're actually doing my coaching, and they're freaking sadists. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm snatch grip. I'm beltless snatch grip deadlifting twice per week and uh, normal deadlift. Normal deadlifting once per week, on top of twice per week squatting and twice per week benching, and I'm Holy just like, shit, like, man. like, like this area right here is like a war zone, and I kind of feel like I'm gonna die, but I feel really strong, so it's it's fine. I don't know. Matter, that's whatever. Chris Duffin, right? Yeah, it's it it's Duffin, Brandon Sen, and their team of coaches. They actually have it's like their virtual coaching module is the way that they describe it. It's it's uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna somebody's gonna text me and like get all pissed at me because I forget them. But it's uh, <laughs> it's Duffin and Andre Miklia or Miklia. I never know how to pronounce his name. Darrington Wright, Cassandra. Don't know her last name because I'm an asshole. Uh, and <laughs> Brady Cable. Do they do they just like? Did you just piss one of them off or like why are they throwing all this volume at you? That's crazy, man. No, it's well. It's it's like you, you when when you sign up for their coaching, and I, I I love their coaching. If anybody's thinking about it, it's worth all the money in the world to do it. Um, <clears throat> but you basically just let them know what you've done in the past, what's worked for you, and they build they build a uh, template off of that going into it. And I am the type of guy that like I I've been lifting like in powerlifting for like 10 years now. I started when I was 14. I, I started single ply and as a super heavyweight, which is hilarious. Um, but I, I was like a little meatball. It was like, I, all I did was play, play You were a little did, meatball? Yeah, all, all I did was play PlayStation 2 and like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings 2 Towers, SOCOM Navy SEALs. That was my jam back in the day, man. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but basically, I, I've been doing it for a long time and I've been like just, I, up until three years ago when I started programming with Thomas Neal, uh, who is also a real good friend of mine, I've just been doing my own thing. Like I, uh, I used to be on the bodybuilding.com forums, if you guys were ever on those, and I did my own variation of Mad Cow's 5x5, where I was basically squatting three times a week, front squatting twice per week, deadlifting twice per week, barbell rowing three times per week, because I was... I was I was like a, I was a weirdo in in college and like end of high school because I uh, I I my fun time was the gym and like I would just go I'd just go there rather than like going out and partying and stuff. But then yeah, I did yeah. both and then I just like didn't sleep because I'm an idiot. But like what it's whatever. So how did you at 14 years old you started competing powerlifting? Mm-hmm. How did that yep, happen? I'm at. I'm I'm really lucky. I'm really fortunate because uh, my I I grew up born and raised in Flint, Michigan, and the water is still not clean there. I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> no shit. Seriously, I'm not, like serious right now. Write your fucking local and federal governments because fuck these people. I hate all these people. I 
really pissed about it. My parents still live there, and the water's still shitty. And like it, it I get all fucking fired up. What's about going it, on so. over there with that? With the with the water? But, um, basically, what happened is uh, <clears throat> the the water the drinking water was pulled from the uh, from the Detroit supply of water, which they pull from Lake Erie. So uh, there's like water treatment plants where they like uh, will make it suitable for dr- uh, for drinking water. My dad actually works at one um, in Flushing Township, which is a it's a uh, it's a suburb of of Flint. So they're not affected by this. But um, basically, what happens is they treat the water so you can drink it. They use particular uh, particular sources of that water. They were using the Detroit water, which would come from one of the Great Lakes, which mm-hmm. is surrounding Michigan. But what happened was, in order to save money, they're not entirely sure yet. Or, well, they they are sure because they're like going through litigation and like actual criminal charges being brought against them. But um, they decided to pull from the Flint River, which uh, had a very very old setup of pipelines that would that would where the water would travel through. So they basically decided to do that without upgrading the pipes and not taking into account how much flow would occur during that. Mm-hmm. And essentially what happened is the pipes got wear and tear, messed up, and lead from old pipes would seep into the drinking water. Jesus, and a bunch, of pe- a, a bunch of people got like lead poisoning and are sick from it and will be sick in the future because there's... Like bo- boiling the water does nothing. It's literally you cannot drink the water. There, like two years ago, when when this was at the height of going on, like my my parents and my friends and family, or whatever, could literally turn the water on and it would be brown, like like oh, literally dirt water. Fuck, I mean, and that's a goddamn and that's a fucking city in the United States of America. Yeah, and people care this about third fucking, world. This like, is a third world nation. This is the U.S. Man. That's why I'm so fucking pissed about it and why I get so fired up about it because it's freaking gross, man. And yeah. people don't give a fuck because the way like the way media works and the way like information these these days works, it's like, okay, I'm going to put like a, a fucking video with like music on and like scrolling text and you can watch that on Facebook for three minutes and share it and be like, whoa, this is terrible. And then you don't think about it ever again yeah. until it pops up. Once in the future, they're like, oh, this is terrible. It hasn't happened. Any- nothing's happened. And it's like, oh, you fucking wonder why. It's uh, been years, though. Why is this still going on? What the shit? Because, because basically what, what, the, what the national government decided was that it was up to the state to, to fix it. But the problem with that is Michigan has had, when, when the auto industry left Michigan, like GM, the plant shut down, Ford, the plant shut down, mm-hmm. all these places, all the plants shut down because <clears throat> they, they were cheaper outsourcing, like sourcing them elsewhere, wherever, wherever that might be. And that was the entire state's economy. When that happened, state doesn't have any money anymore. Guess what you have to do to fix this, this yeah, water yeah. issue? install all new pipes all new systems all new infrastructure and where do we get the money from that and the, and the federal government's yeah. like fuck it, it's not our problem we're not going to help but it's like we have we have problems elsewhere we can't just give you like millions of dollars but recently uh in the past i think like three months four months or something like very recently um there was a not a bill but whatever you want to call it that got passed that like there was a grant of like 250 million dollars that's going to get sent to Flint to help fix this which is good yeah but no it's shit just, it's, time, it's, 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 it's 
it's like too little too late because people are fucking sick from this and it i i'm it, it sucks and it's like you think like oh it's a everybody deserves water like fucking people will think about like africa when they think of that like yeah. sub-saharan yeah, yeah, exactly you think but africans like, deserve like, drinking water i got i got fucking high school buddies in flint michigan that are like oh yeah i had uh, i haven't had tap water in like four years because i know it'll Jesus. fucking kill me because yeah because lead in your system yeah, like that. it's, it's not just lead poisoning it, but what's that it's People lead gonna, poison. it's yeah. lead poisoning it makes you crazy it's eat, it eats your fucking brain Jesus. And people are, and, and that's in the United States of America. And then everybody's like, Donald oh, Trump said right. this. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what he did. Just give me fucking money. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Fuck like, it, man. He can, goddamn he can grab a idiot. pussy if he likes. If he sends me money, it's good. If I can drink my water again, we're good. That's what I'm saying. You know? That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, yeah. So you no, grew up but, in Flint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've but, seen yeah. And all the... Super, super tangent off of that. But what I, what I was saying is, uh, my I'm I was blessed because I started powerlifting in high school because my team had a club or my my high school had a club team, and I I played football and wrestled and the cl- the club uh, president or coach uh, the coach was an assistant defensive coach for the fo- freshman football team and the head wrestling. Coach, Jeez. so powerlifting would definitely help those sports. Yeah, and he he basically said if you um, I can't remember what like the deal was, but it was like if you join the powerlifting team and compete once, we'll give you like a year's worth of like just program whatever. And and it was it, as a kid that comes into high high school, and I was I was a meatball. I was like I was. Uh, five foot five, like I'm, I'm barely over five, six now. I'm not a tall guy, but I was like 280 pounds. Oh, and holy, didn't, didn't, at 14? God damn, didn't, you were yeah, a meatball. Can you post a picture of that and tag us? I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send, I'll send one to you on a uh, messenger. Cause yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Like I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> I grew up, I, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, uh, a nana, like my grandma, was uh, just straight up Polish woman, spoke fluent in Polish. Uh, her, my chacha, I, my aunt Alice would always call her. They just bust out into Polish, and she was always like, "Joe has to be big and strong," and like, "Give me." And things got carried away. <laughs> mountains of potatoes, like <laughs> mountains of bacon. Like I'd eat, I'd eat lunch at school. I'd walk home from school at because I, I basically lived at my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Yeah. And she'd have like second lunch. You know those El Monterey uh, taquitos. Yeah. Those like those rolled up, like frozen microwave, like mini torpedo burritos or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Have a whole fucking box of them with the glass of two percent milk. Yeah, I was I was like You're dirty like bulking early. Yeah, I I was I was dreamer bulking like back <laughs> before I knew what that was. Yeah. But uh yeah, but I but as a kid coming into high school, I was like, Oh, I'm socially awkward. I don't I was like I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to talk to girls. Kids picked on me, they like I was telling my, my fiance like they would uh they beamed at me and make fun of my man boobs and be like, You have bigger titties than the girls in class and I was like <laughs> You don't seem socially awkward at all now. Like you, no. like how did this I, transformation I, 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 happen? 
Uh, I don't know. I just, I woke up one day. Well, that, that's the thing. Like I started lifting weights and I lost over a hundred pounds my junior and senior year of high school wrestling. And that was my sport. Cause I went to college for wrestling. Okay. Um, they, they, uh, like I, I wrestled 171. I, I lost like around a hundred pounds Jeez. and my last, my last, uh, competition that I weighed in at, I weighed in at 169.8. Okay. So like I I was I was small but but the thing of it is when I when I went through all that losing the weight and like stuff I sort of expected like okay I'm like girls are gonna flock to me like I'm gonna be awesome this is gonna be cool I'm gonna be like fucking Brad Pitt I'm gonna have to beat them off with a broomstick type of thing <laughs> and I'm losing all this weight and I'm I'm feeling better I'm feeling yeah. better about myself but I'm like. I'm still socially awkward. I don't know like what to do. I don't know like how you, to, and I'm like, wait, yeah, maybe, maybe I need to like work on my personality or something. <laughs> like, work you had a total dude. You had a life fucking changing moment in high school. Some people have like changed in high school. You like came in one way and left the other. Holy shit. I know. I know. I know. And that's the thing I was talking, I was talking to my, uh, my fiance Skylar about, about this. And I'm like, you know, there are, there are people out there that are like 30 fucking years old and they don't realize that they're fucking assholes or the people don't <laughs> like them. And I'm like, if a 16 year old kid can figure that out, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, get your shit together. But, yeah, it, yeah. but like, I, I, I saw that and I was like, man, I need to like, I, it, it was one of those fake it till you make it things. And then I'm just like, I just forced myself to go like talk to people and be like, hi, my name's Joe. Yeah, it was clunky and shitty and like I embarrassed myself, but then I went to college and I have, I'm super social dude now. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I love talking to people and it's, it's, you fake it till you make it until you don't have to anymore. And now I'm like, not, not what I, what not fat Joe, socially awkward, like fat Joe, shit. shit. That's a good, that's like the rapper, fat Joe. Was that your nickname? Yeah. Lean back or whatever. Yeah, that's it, it. There you go. No shit. So growing up in Flint, because coming from, I don't know, the rest of the nation or, or anywhere else, you hear about Flint, like you've seen him in the documentaries with Roger Moore. Michael Moore. And, or Michael Moore, sorry. And um, you, he's, yeah, Roger Moore's fucking bond. Uh, but Michael Moore, and you hear about the tap water and shit, like, what was Flint really like growing up? Is it as hard as, as you hear, like? It's... That's the thing. It's like it's there. There are bad spots, you know, and it, there there are great people. There's actually been like when I when I uh, when I was like move not moving, but like junior senior year of high school when I was looking at like colleges and whatever. There was a big revitalization happening, and it's like it's pretty. It's honestly like turned into sort of a mini college town now because the University of Michigan has a Flint campus that like directly in the center of downtown Flint okay. and it you know it's you just grew up with it like I didn't I didn't think of it as any different like I I went to school at uh, Powers Catholic High School which is it was a private school and I, I did 16 years of Catholic education I don't really identify with Catholicism right now but it's like I I, I took their good teachings and like applied it to life whatever I don't know um but like it was a better high school than me going to like public school because yeah. we were right down the road from uh, Northwestern, Flint Northwestern, and like just as a as an example, um, the day before 
Christmas break, I think it was, like one of the one of those week-long breaks in there, um, we actually had to have a lockdown because somebody at Northwestern pulled the fire, it was like some plan by a gang or something, pulled the fire alarms and then did a drive-by. <laughs> Holy to, shit, man! To the, kids, to the kids that like went went out the school and that's Holy like... Holy fuck, man! So they pull them, like let's, we're, they're gonna come out and we're gonna fucking mow some kids down? Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! And this is your neighborhood. Yeah, as as that as like a as a as a sixteen year old, that's like holy fuck. That's like that's crazy. But you know, that was just like as as growing up as me in in going to school in Flint. It was like, well, that's Northwestern for you, you know. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's when you're like, yo, I'm not Catholic, but I'm going to Catholic school. Yeah, I'll, I'll convert to yeah, wherever this shit. Yeah. yeah. I'll be where you want me to be, man. Just get me out of that fucking public school. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, seriously, you know. And it's like, and and there there were there were good people there. Like, I mean, seriously, it's just like it's just it, like anything, you know. It's how you react to the circumstances you're in. But it's just there there were a lot of opportunities to like fall in with bad bad shit going on there, you know. And that's like that's why I'm lucky and I'm blessed that I ended up falling in love with like lifting weights and, and sports and like fitness type stuff because I look at even some of the kids that went to the Catholic school like there there are dudes that are just like fit like fiddle fucking their way through life and like have got like missed like just bad shit you know mm. that's going on and yeah. it's like I'm I easily could have been that guy you know yeah, yeah. and I'm glad I'm not you think so you but, think weightlifting kind of gave you that Path A and sports in general, losing weight kept you first off kept you busy, and um, it yeah. kind of gave you some direction and gave you your confidence. You know what? In a lot of ways, if you were a little introverted in that environment, it might not have been the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Because right. you can right. easily make right. friends with the wrong guy. Sometimes the wrong guys see a guy like you and think, "Let's bring him in, pray on him." Yeah. Wow, shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's. It, 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 biggest thing, like you said, it really kept me busy, you know, cause like if I, if I was just look like, cause I, rather than there were instances where like my, uh, wrestling practices were at like five o'clock. So there was like an hour and a half period or like two hour period from like when school let out until practice. So we just like bum around, like, just like get a, get a quick workout in or something. But I think like, I think back and I'm like, there were kids that would just sit in like our commons. It was our like cafeteria or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just look at those, I, I think about those kids and I'm like, oh yeah, they're just waiting till the ride gets here to like go get high with them or to go hang out with their, with their buddies from Northwestern or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, I just think like, man, I could have been that. I could have been yeah. those dudes, you yeah, know? Yeah, because, yeah. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, cause I want, I want to touch on this too. Cause it's like, it's an interesting thing. Um, and it gives me a reason to give up pushing an agenda ultimately. Um, but, uh, I, I grew up at my grandparents' house because my, my dad worked a shit ton when I was a kid. Like my parent, my parents weren't, a, weren't around a lot. And that's not to say like, because they were, they were like deadbeats. Not at all. Like I love my parents. They're like, my, my dad's been to every single one of my competitions ever. Oh, no like, shit. 10 years straight. That's including uh, like football, wrestling, powerlifting, all of it. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's been to every single one. So like, I, nuts, like man. USO, he was there. So was my mom. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. But um, 
my dad worked a whole bunch because my mom uh, was a type 1 diabetic, diagnosed when she was 6 years old, went through complete 100% renal kidney failure. So she was on like 5 day a week dialysis, like just because her kidneys weren't working so they needed to like clean the blood put it back in her yeah. and she had she ended up having a like almost almost dying total like crazy fucking thing like how old are you when this happened had, how old are you just hmm? the time just her timeline wise how old are you when she almost died and went through that this is seventh and uh sixth seventh and eighth grade jesus what man mm -hmm. so your dad was just like working overtime or yeah, where he he uh, he worked for the city. He would work overtime for the city. So basically, he was like the snow. He was the snowplow guys. Like whenever it would snow, he would be. Well, I don't know where you guys are from, but like if if it, it snow, they call him in at like midnight when it, when the storm's supposed to hit at one, and they'd be out just snowplowing the entire night. Yeah. So uh, and then he'd have to work his normal shift, seven a.m. to four thirty. Jesus so, man, this dude just straight up. I mean, you gotta. The hats off to him. He's doing I, it for his my, wife. My, and holy my, shit! My dad, my dad's my fucking hero, dude. Like he's yeah. my best friend. I, I I love that guy. Like if he if I he's he's at every single one of my competitions, and everybody that's met him is like, I fucking love your dad. And I'm like, I know he's awesome. He's he's great. Like he's he's legitimately my best friend because we've been through like been through shit together, <laughs> you know. And like, uh, um, this is an but interesting my mom, childhood and upbringing, Joe. This is it, it. It, I don't know. It's, Yo, it, dude, we've done. We've done a, Joe, I don't know. Yeah, we've done a lot of these interviews, man. This is pretty intriguing stuff. No, yeah, it, well, it's. I, I like. I like talking about this because it's like it gives people that like different perspective. Because there are a lot of guys out there that it's just the basic like, oh, I grew up, you know, like I like my parents, but like blah blah blah, you know. But I'm real. I'm really really close with my parents because like they, they really they they really sacrifice to like give me the best opportunity that mm -hmm. I could have because I mean like for instance with the Catholic school thing the only reason I was at the Catholic school is because my dad would uh, fundraise for the tuition he would work like uh, there's a, a DTE energy music theater is like a concert venue uh, in Michigan he would drive to that like 45 minutes uh, like two or three times per week and work as the beer vendor guy, like walking around like cold beer here. Because that was a way to Just to make sure my kid cannot go to that other fucking school. I know it yeah. goes on at another school. God, dude, your dad just, it's like he's got like a life to sacrifice for his kid and family and all that. Yeah. Life. Jesus. Yeah. That, and how's I, your mom right I, now? Hmm? How's your mom right now? Good, um, because what what happened was she ended up having a like almost passing away. It was like this really hard thing, but she ended up having a, a double kidney and pancreas transplant. So it it saved her life. She has she actually has three kidneys and two pancreases, pancreas right now, um, because the they don't take them out. They just leave them in. So she had this whole invasive surgery. Like she has a scar from the bottom bottom of her chest all the way down to like right above her pelvic bone and it's it's like this it was this giant thing um and she ended up like ended up saving her life but um the issue with it was uh our insurance didn't cover all of it oh, so we're like we're we're Man. still still paying i was gonna that. say That's i would imagine crazy. you're still paying that off Jesus. That's crazy. But, so like in i mean we're so, so I don't even fucking know the total the total number, but it was like uh, unbelievable. 
We're, we're, um, we're from Canada, just so you know. So we're from Toronto, so we have like different healthcare right. stuff. So we we don't totally our healthcare is yeah. We we got um we wouldn't pay for stuff, so we don't we don't fully grasp like so so yeah. you guys have to cover this the way your insurance works. They'll cover to the, a certain. It'll extent. be the, the, their insurance would be like a, it'll cover up to a hundred thousand dollars for this. And is that how it is? Jeff? And then, and then you guys take that, the rest. Yeah. And it, and it was like like I think like. Eight hundred thousand or something. Holy like, fuck, it, man! Yeah. On top, and, and this so is it, this is like on top of life, on, everything else. On you top, pay on for. top of, on top of the dialysis already. Shit. On top of the the Catholic school. On top of life in general. On top of like whatever credit card debt my parents had accrued just through yeah, living to whatever. Dude, dude, fucking Michael Moore could do a documentary on you guys. Jesus whatever, Christ, whatever. man. Um, That's nuts, but it, Joe. But, no, but, but believe believe me, like I wouldn't. I am not like I'm not looking for like pity or what anything. I'm just like that's like that's truth. just this, how this, it was. This is the truth. We're asking questions. You're answering, dude. This is crazy. And, and and that's and that's why like I'm not exactly the typical the typical like dude. I like I, I joke around because Scott Skyler Skyler's sleeping right now. She's a uh, she's a bartender, so she's on like a way different schedule than most of us. But um, she uh, she joked with me because she asked me out when and this is like soon after my twenty first birthday, like yeah. three years ago or whatever. She thought I was in my thirties because of the way I just like carry myself and like talk. She she thought because she's twenty seven. And mm -hmm. when I when I told her how young I was, she like almost didn't want to date me or like be out with me because she's like, I feel like I'm robbing the cradle, blah blah blah. But like I I joke around because I feel like I'm the old I'm the oldest 24 year old out there because I had to grow up so fast because yeah. after this surgery happened, like my my parents couldn't help me like with with much of anything, mm -hmm. you know. So that was me when I went to school i went to john carroll university which is a jesuit school um because they recruited me for wrestling what's in jesuit cleveland school, ohio man? sorry did, uh, what's the jesuit school jesuit is a, it's it's a it's it's another catholic school okay and i basically i've had like 16 years of catholic education gotcha. um but jesuit is like they're they're a following of catholicism gotcha. it's like it, it's like a bunch, bunch of monks or whatever but they're it, it's cool, and I really, really like the Jesuits because it's really interesting if you want to like look into it at all. Because like the the founder of the Jesuits actually came out like later in his life, and he's like, "I'm actually an atheist. I just what thought the this would fuck? yeah. What? He's like, I I thought this would be like the best the best course of action to take to actually like make change happen in the world. And I just I think that's the coolest thing in the world Holy because their whole motto. What about everybody else who followed him and they were Catholics? Are they like? What? He's just like, eh, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, he's sorry guys. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah, smokes, but, Joe. But yeah, but their their motto is go forth and set the world on fire. They're they're very based on like philanthropy and like just going out and helping people. And because of my upbringing in Flint, because of all the stuff, all the other stuff that's going on, that's why I'm so big on these guys. Like I don't, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm Catholic. I haven't been to church in like. I don't even know, like since yeah. I left college. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, it's you know, it, I just identify with the whole like actually go out and be good people and actually make some change happen and do something worthwhile. I just think that's that's really cool. But um, 
So what, what, what I meant was like when I went to school, I actually, I didn't have to, like I, I wasn't able to get student loans because my, my parents were in such a bad financial spot and I had no, I had no credit. You know, I was like a 17, 18 year old kid. Yeah. Where the hell get credit from? Like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get my own loan and I didn't have a co-signer so I couldn't get any student loans. So basically what happened was I got, I got some financial aid and some academic scholarships cause I'm uh, like, I, I got good grades and stuff. Um, but it didn't cover all of it. So what I had to do in, on top of, and, I, and I'm proud of this, because I graduated in four years, but I worked full time the entire, the entire time I was in school. How the shit did you do that? Didn't sleep. What like, the I, shit? I, like, I, I really, I really, I don't know, man. Like, that's why, that's why I feel like I'm the, I'm the oldest 24 year old out there, because I would literally, there were times where I, I would like organize my classes so that I would have like all of them back to back, like Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then have like a three day weekend. And, um, I just like get them all done in the morning and then go to work or like have them all in the evening and then go to work early and in the what morning. Was your work? What did you do for it, a job? This is a weird story. Um, <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Dude, this I, is amazing. I, I, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Go on. Preface, preface to this is I was uh, uh, an uh, damn it exercise exercise science slash kinesiology major. One of the things that we did we observed a autopsy um, for in in our freshman anatomy class, which I like. I just I thought that was very cool. I was like maybe I want to be a forensic pathologist. I don't really know what I want to do, so I like talked to the guy there. And my biology professor, um, who uh, doc, Dr. Amanda McGill, Amanda, I think her name was, I don't know. Uh, but I was I was talking to her and talking to this guy and just blah blah blah, like random random conversation. And then as we're walking away, um, we she mentions that she's actually dating a guy that works at a funeral home, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's cool, interesting, you know, like they. Uh, he and apparently they have a crematory, and they, 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 which is where they cremate the bodies and give the ashes to the families and whatever. Yeah. And then, like, fast forward two months from then, and I'm like, shit, my loans didn't go through. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna either have to drop out, go back to can't Michigan. Go back to Flint, or, man. You can't go back to Flint. You know that. That's, and I, yeah. And my and my. My dad was like, you're going to fucking stay in school. I don't know how we're going to do this, but it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, and, don't come uh, back. We get, oh, Jesus. Talk about your back to the wall. Your dad is financially strapped. Your mom's sick. You got your grand, you're going to live with your grandparents. It's fucking Flint, Michigan. The water is poisoned. You're like, fuck me. I got to make this work. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so basically, I'm like, I, uh, I'm just like freaking out. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm trying to come up with options. And then for somehow it gets brought up to uh, Dr. McGill and I'm just, I'm talking to her about it and just basically like, just bitching. I'm like, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to finish out this semester and then I don't know what's going to go on. Like, I don't know whether I'm going to be here. And she's like, well, rem rem I remember like we were talking about that, that, uh, mm -hmm. at that autopsy, like how my, my friend, uh, owned or helps, helps run that funeral home. Like they're actually looking for some extra help at the crematory. And I'm like, Really? And she's like, yeah, it, it pays pretty well because like nobody, it's honestly like nobody wants to do it because yeah. it's like working with that and stuff because yeah. it, it's morbid. It's like freaky. Yeah. But, and, and like, well, 
I don't know. Like, can I can I get his email? Can I like give him give him my resume? Like, just I I've never done it before. I don't know if I'd be okay with it, but I gotta try something. You ain't got no choices. And yeah, you're like fuck. You go. You you like Eminem and Eight Mile. You're like, listen, I I am gonna make it I happen. Gotta, I gotta yeah. Do yeah, I'm yeah. your man. Yeah, and and then long story short, um, at the as I when I graduated college senior year, I was managing. Greenfield Crematory in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Holy shit! So you were like an undertaker? Uh, what kind of like? Yeah. I mean, if I, basically the way the way I save the way I saved a bunch of money is because I actually lived in the funeral home. What the um, shit? Are you serious, man? This is a fucking crazy story, dude. They, you lived in a funeral home. Tell me, you slept in caskets. That's the only way this thing gets better. Is you slept? I slept in fucking caskets, Ryan. I had to make oh. things work. Jesus! But they, they had an apartment on the second floor, and oh, okay. it was free. Rent. It was free rent because I was on call twenty four seven. If somebody passed, if if somebody was in hospice, who is like, okay, I know Grandpa Steve isn't gonna be around for much longer. We got the funeral. We got everything organized through the funeral home or whatever. And then Grandpa dies at two a.m. on a Tuesday morning. They call Joe, and my apartment phone rings, and they're like, Joe, you got to go pick up this guy. And Fuck me, I dude, go you there. Were like, how old were you when you were doing this? Uh, 19, 19, Dude, when I was fucking 18, 19, like, I'm going to bars. I was an idiot. I didn't know what the shit I yeah. was doing. You're like, this is crazy, man. You got a crazy life, man. That's that's, that's why I keep telling people, or why I say to people, I feel like I'm the oldest 24-year-old out there. Yeah, like, you, you, I, if you didn't hunker down and weren't so flipping disciplined, like, there's no way you would, how, no, how many people I, I, would, I, would I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And, like, I, I just I just finished applying to a doctor of physical therapy programs because, uh, like, I, I've been out of school for, like, two, two three years now. But um, I, I just sort of, I have all my prerequisites done because I had a minor in biology as well. And uh, I just decided I, I'm going to try to go the physical therapy route because, again, the Jesuit goes go forth and set the world on fire. Like, I feel like I could really do some really cool shit with that because I already have a pretty big reach through my own athletic stuff through powerlifting. And then if you tack doctor of physical therapy onto the end of that, end of that, then it's like, oh, fly Joe to this gym and put on a clinic or like yeah. go to this expo or whatever. And then it's just, it's cool. But yeah, yeah. so I wouldn't like, be doing that. I don't know what I'd be doing. Jesus, man. So, okay. Um, we'll, we'll get, so we'll pick it up. So you're going to um, college, university, and were you competing in powerlifting this whole time as well? How could you... How could you find time to do anything else, man? Lifting caskets? <laughs> yeah, like how the shit did this happen? How did it, how you make it work? You couldn't have had a girlfriend or, or be hanging out with buddies. You couldn't. No, not no not way. really. Like I, I didn't have I You gotta bring I girls back to the fucking funeral home. That's yeah, a hard did. sell. And, and if they are, I, I don't I, know if you want to I, keep them around as I still I still partied because I still had like I had some friends but they knew that I was like crazy like they knew that I was like crazy busy and that's like what I had to do and I would like if I if I ever went to a party and ever like whatever it was never go back to Joe's place it's like that <laughs> fucking party. Um, oh shit oh you get pages I gotta go I gotta go pick up a body it's too close yeah Holy yeah shit, and, that, and that's that, dude that happened at like parties Jesus. I was at I I, I had I was. One one time I was like shit faced, and I'm at my buddy's house, and they call me and they're like, "Joe, we need you to pick this guy up," and I'm like, "I can't 
And they're like, why? <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like really drunk right now. You got to call somebody else. They're like, God damn it. Okay. God damn, that's what, so what like, happens with the kids. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's a Saturday night. I'm 20 years. I'm like 20 years if old. If you Come didn't on. every now and then have a night off, you'd probably your head would explode, man. The type of pressure. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they, and they were flexible with that. Like they didn't. It wasn't like all. I wasn't on all the time, you know. But I mean, I. And and that's the thing. I really look back, and I don't know how I re- like because when I was when I trained and whatever, and like actually lifted and worked out, it wasn't anywhere near like optimal or whatever. I bet because I. I I think I think back and I'm like if I had if I didn't have all this stuff going on and I just focus if I put as much energy towards powerlifting as I do now I'm like I don't know where the hell I could be you know mm-hmm. a, a, a based on like strength or competition or whatever um, but I don't know you know it's I I did uh, the Battle of the Great Lakes USAPL uh, competitions uh, in Cleveland I did I usually I only competed like once or twice per year. Uh, even back then, just because that's like the only thing that I could manage. But I did USAPL up until um, 2013 or 14. I was think it raw? was. Was that quit? That was raw. When okay. I went to college, I did raw because I like I just didn't want to do single ply anymore, and I just was like I I don't know I just didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually I uh, Orlando Raw Nationals one of one of the first Raw Nationals. It was either 2012. Or no, it was either 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at at the same place Raw Nationals is going to be this year. Um, Robert Keller was the meet director. Uh, I competed against Johnny Candido, John Downing. Uh, uh, the other I can't remember the other guy's name. You he was like against Candido. He's a lot smaller. No, eighty three kilos. You were eighty three kilos. Holy shit! No kidding. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I came in. I think in the juniors, I think I came in third behind Candido and somebody else. I don't, I don't remember. But um, that was like I, I, that was when I sort of was like, man, I could be really good at this because I was, I was like, oh, I qualified for Raw Nationals and I went there and I did okay, and I was like, this is, this is really cool. I could do something really cool there and then that following uh that following spring or summer or whatever or uh spring because it, it's in march i went to the arnold in columbus I, a couple of friends and i went to uh uh columbus went to the arnold expo and i was just like this is back when youtube was exploding with like the animal videos and like like who the fuck is dan green who's this freak of nature like jay nira um uh, ben Seath, uh, Grant Higa, like all these guys, and I'm, I'm just like, holy shit, these guys are mutants. Like, I don't know yeah, what yeah, yeah. what they're doing or anything. And I like, I I go to the animal cage, and I'm just like, just scoping them out, and I'm like, what is this place? Like, this is so cool. Oh my god. And 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 then I'm I'm talk I'm I just talk to some of the guys, and I'm talking to Ben Seath. Uh, and Dan Green is like off in the distance and Jesse Norris comes up and I talk to him and I'm like, man, you know, like it's just, I'm not saying it out loud cause I'm not that socially awkward anymore, but I'm just like, think I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, these guys aren't, they're not much different than I am. They're like, they're still people. They're not mutants. Like they're not like aliens. And, and I'm just thinking like, I could fucking do this, you know, like, and I, cause I'm, 
I like I've had a different type of up, upbringing, and I was like, man, if I set my mind to something, I'm gonna do it. And then I see these guys, and I'm like, I can do this. I'm not. That's not that bad. Like I, I'm, they're not like crazy out there. And I'm, and then I'm just thinking the wheels are turning. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking do this one day. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be somebody at <laughs> this. And, and and then I just I kept doing it and. Uh, like 2015, I think it was. Uh, yeah, October 2015, I competed uh, at the RPS Lexan Fall Classic uh, in sleeves, and I hit a 1725 total at 198, mm. and then um, just kept competing at 198, and then this past and an, another thing because I was I was chasing an 1800 sleeve total at 198 just because I. I wanted it. I don't know why. Um, but then I, I tried to do that and I ended up, um, almost killing myself. And did you, did you, did you hear about this? Cause it's on, it's on my Facebook. It was, it tell, was sort of when I was like, tell us about it. Okay. Um, basically what happened was, and what people shouldn't do is, uh, irresponsibly use LASIK or LASIKs. Not LASIK, that's eye surgery. Yeah. Um, LASIK. <laughs> that too, though. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, it can really, really fuck you up. What and is LASIK? being. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a diuretic. It's a pharmaceutical grade diuretic. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really, really bad because it basically it, it pulls. So, like every particle or molecule or whatever you want to call it of sodium, magnesium, calcium, like all these electrolytes or whatever, each one in your body has water molecules like bound to them. So, the way uh, diet, pharmaceutical grade diuretics work is they take those because they know that like the, the sodium has water bound to it, they flush the sodium out and it will in turn flush the water out. Mm. But You'll, you'll lose a bunch of water weight, which is great for weighing in, but you'll lose a bunch of electrolytes, which is terrible for sports performance and life in general. <laughs> so I took a bunch of these irresponsibly because I didn't know what they were. Like, just I got them from a friend and I was like, oh, you make weight. And I'm like, Aah. and I do that. And um, I end up forcing myself into a potassium deficiency, which resulted in rhabdomyolysis, which resulted in tachycardia. Now, so, I, I don't know what that means. That shit sounds scary. Potassium deficiency basically means your body starts freaking out because you have zero, like literally zero potassium in your body. It Potassium is related to muscle contractions, muscle contractions of the heart, um, basically just like di digestion, like a lot it's involved with a lot of shit yeah um resulted in rhabdomyolysis which is it's rhabdo it's like r-h-a-b-d-o like you see people in crossfit talking about that it's basically where your muscles start breaking down and uh there's it's like a, your ck level increases because it's the amount of dead muscle tissue in your blood and the higher that ck level goes the the worse shit is happening because yeah. like your muscles really start dying and like eating themselves because your body's just your body's just freaking out and then because of that because my ck level got so high combined with the potassium deficiency which basically made my, my ultimately at the end of it and another competition where my dad was at 
I couldn't stand on my own. I would literally stand up and my like ass would shoot out and my knees would cave in because Jesus. my quad, my quads wouldn't contract right. And I, I, I still competed though. I hit a sixteen seventy five total. What the fuck, man? But you couldn't stand up. What the hell? I, shit, did that work? I don't know. Yeah. I basically, I, I don't know, but um. Basically, uh, at the end of it, my dad had to push me in, a, in an office chair, like from our hotel room people, down to the lobby. People think, like, who's this guy think he is making his dad fucking push him around? They all, they all, this guy thinks he's something else. They don't know the yeah, story. But um, ended up going to the hospital. Um, they pumped me full of IV potassium, IV sodium, like all the electrolytes and stuff. And I spent four days in a hospital in New Jersey Fuck. because... I was like an idiot and almost fucked myself up because I was like, it's that's that's the way my brain works. I don't know like what the deal is, but it's like go all in on something or like it's not worth it. And I went all in and almost like muffed myself, you know, and I was like, Ugh. did you but, talk to that guy who gave you those pills? He was probably like, yo, but did you make weight? <laughs> yeah. You and, made and, weight though, right? We were playing. Well, I didn't. I didn't think you'd take that many. I didn't think you'd take that many. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to, man? Like, huh. You gave me 20. I took 20. That's how this works. That's how this that's works. How work. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's, like giving, it's like you give somebody a box of donuts and you're like, don't eat all these donuts. I'm yeah. going to be like. Yeah. I'll eat these motherfuckers. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So. Like basically at, after that, um, cause my, like my, my pulse was like, it was like resting heart rate was like 180 or something Jesus. like bad. So they got me back, back to normal. I, I came back, uh, by this time I was living in Columbus, um, came back to Columbus and I was like, I am never going to compete 198 again. I'm never going to do like a crazy cut again. And since then, I just like that entire that ent basically took that entire summer fall area like six months. I didn't track any food, didn't track anything. I just like I I I because by this time I was doing a uh, I was doing personal training and uh, um, working for Mount Carmel, which is a, it's a hospital system a hospital system down here. I was uh, in sales for them, and by that time I had like I was out of school. I was just working and just working 40 hours was like a load off. So I was like, I can spend like five hours in the gym. This is freaking great. You know, yeah. and I, I, I would, and I just, I just ate and I just trained. And I, I remember looking back cause my best squat at 198 going into that competition was like 640, I think it was. And then like four months after that, just eating everything. And I mean, like, this this was dreamer bulking. It was like it was like falking, like fucked up bulking. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, but but I was training during this time, and I yeah. was like I was spending like just three three hours straight of work in the gym, and I look I looked I looked at there's a video I popped up on my time hop like a month ago or something where best squat going into that competition was six forty, like five month four five six months after it. And I was definitely considerably heavier, but looking at it, I hit 635 for six. Holy and shit. Like an RPE eight. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, but, and just, just thinking about that, I'm like, God, my body, like my butt, cause going from 
ultra fat kid to skinny kid to like skinny kid with some muscle, I was terrified of putting weight on because yeah. I'm like, I'm fat again. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the fat kid again. And I'm going to like lose everything that I have. I'm not going to be strong. Like nobody's going to talk to me and I'm going to yeah. like just not or something. Cause it's like this weird mental fucking dynamic. And my body wanted to put weight on it, wanted to put muscle on it. And then when I finally fed it and was like, okay, I, I need, this is healthy for me. I did that. And it was just like, yes, give me more, like, give me more. And then like, like up here and like everywhere. And now, yeah, and yeah. now, now I walk around at like two thirty, two thirty-five, and am lifting the weight that I'm lifting. And you yes, know, so you, like, so you cut down to 220? No, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, I'll, it's usually like, cause right now, like this morning I was 234 and I've just been like, I haven't really been tracking, um, extremely, uh, like, uh, strictly because that, that's like, it's, it's not healthy for me just with the whole, with the whole like body image things and like obsessing with the number on the scale. Like it just, it freaks me out, mm -hmm. uh, cause of where, where I was. Um, so I'll be, I'll just like eat intuitively. Like I have, I know, and I've, I tracked to lose those a hundred pounds. I use my fitness pal. I was probably like one of the first people ever to use my fitness pal. <laughs> Dude, um, you're, you're a good, they, if they find out about you, they should be using your story, man. But anyways, give, give me the sponsorships or yeah, scholarships or whatever. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. I don't care. Uh, yeah. whatever. But, um, but like I, uh, I, I tracked all that time, so I have a good idea as like how to eyeball stuff and like know what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, and like, um, yeah, and like it's it's just better for me to like eat, make sure I'm able to perform in the gym, and then if I'm performing to the best of my ability and like training as hard as I can in the gym, I'm not, I'm. It's not going to be like possible for me to get like sloppy fat, you know, mm -hmm. and it's. Um, like I, you know, I, I do, I do still cut, I will still water cut, but it's just through like a little bit of dieting into it. I'll usually get down to like two thirty, and then just like, and into the U S open, I did, I did like, can you guys hear me? Yeah. You know what you, for a second it stalled there, but now you're back. Now you're back. Um, Basically, uh, I did a little bit of hot bath. I did like three rounds of a hot bath going into the open, and I weighed in at like two eighteen. So I was per like an easy, no, fairly easy cut. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking die! Like going into it, I'm just like, shit, I'm hungry and thirsty type of thing. Like, and you, you guys have twenty four hour weigh-ins, right? For in USPA, so you were bringing up the uh, the US Open, and that bad boy was um, heavily hyped. Um, all yes. the biggest guys, hold on one second here, I got things popping up on my screen. Yeah, uh, all the biggest names were involved in it. Um, Same mm -hmm. Dan Green, who was uh, obviously injured. But um, so leading into this, what were you, in terms of the training and everything, and you've seen the big names going into it, what was your expectations? Um, and the night before, like kind of walk us through a little bit, because this was like, I know everybody, we're IPF guys, we're all eyes were on this US Open. The, the money yeah. involved was insane. The, the people like, yeah. you got the Larry Wheels, the Ben the Ben Pollocks, the, even the John Hacks, people are jumping over saying, I'm gonna take a stab at this. 
I mean, and, and I didn't know how you were going to end up. The, the, this is like the Super Bowl, right? I, yeah. I, we were rude freaks. We, we repost the shit out of you on King of Lists and Squad Champs and all the rest of it. But we were like, I don't know how the hell anyone's going to, like, you just can't miss lists. And, so anyways, maybe yeah. walk us through a little bit leading into the U.S. Open. Well, basically, like, I, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say because, like, I, I was nervous. Because it, it it was ultra hyped up, and I'm I'm competing 220. I I'm up against Yuri Belkin, and everybody says like this fucking guy is untouchable. Like nobody nobody has anything on him ever, you know. And it's just like shit. Am I gonna am I gonna like walk out? And I had never competed in raps before. This was my first first training cycle, first meet in raps. So like that's just a mind fuck when it comes to hitting depth and like knowing where you're at in the squat because you actively push into the wraps as well so it's like it, you're just fo- it's like just shit this hurts this hurts this hurts this hurts there's 800 pounds on my back fuck 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 like you're not really thinking like okay stay in position type of thing yeah yeah and I'm, I'm like I would I was nervous and like I went out went out to San Diego with me uh, me Skyler and my parents were out there and we're just like I'm just I'm on weight and I'm just thinking like man I don't know what's going to happen. Like, this is crazy. And there was so much hype leading up into this meet. And that's the only, that's the only thing where I think they sort of flubbed on because it was like, it was all, they should have just let it been like naturally occurring, which I think they're going to be doing for the 2018 U.S. Open because there, there is going to be another one. There's talks of it being downtown San Diego at the San Diego Convention Center, which is going to be fucking awesome. Um, But, but like, they they had uh who they had Terry Crews and then like Chuck Norris yeah dude it was yeah. crazy it was like seriously looking at this shit it was like it was it was insane the hype around it yeah. you got like freaking for real a listers talking about I yeah. can't wait till yeah. the, till the yeah. U S Open it's like holy yeah. smokes and 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 I, that was cool but I mean the the only thing about it was the uh the stream yeah. the live stream sucked. And yeah. Gracie knows it sucked, and that's like why it sucked, or not why in the situation itself sucks. Because like they put they put so much effort into have this live live having this live stream be like HD 1080p, whatever you want to call it, like just high quality video, like great video uh, production out there. But the freaking Wi-Fi at like the the system at the venue what didn't have like the capacity to put that out so it was just all this high quality equipment and it just wasn't transferable across the two so like that that's the only thing i just honestly i think what they need to do but nobody ever wants to work together because we're all power lifters and we're all stubborn and idiots um they ju- there just needs to be like some type of cross communication because i mean look at the look at the ips streams like yeah, those I are great i was about to say i, 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 I Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I I stream those on my TV, and I just sit on the couch, and I'm like, ah, FBF Worlds, this is fucking great. Yeah. You know, it's it's super high quality. Like, I just, if if it had that, there literally would have been, like, no shortcomings with the meat at all, because at the venue, and, like, leading up to it, it was the most, like, I, I saw somebody, um, I, I was reading her comments, she's a high-level IPF competitor, um, she wasn't at the U.S. Open, and she was like, it was so unprofessional, and I was like, why are you, like, you weren't there, I competed, it was great, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Because being there, like, we were, treat- we were treated like fucking celebrities, it was freaking cool, man, like, yeah. I'm walking around, like, warming up in the back, and there's, like, fucking camera dudes in my face, and I'm like, 
this is freaky. Like, but it's, it was cool, you know, and like Gracie and Russell, like just, they were great to us. And like, I, 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 I loved all of it. And the biggest part that I loved about it, because there were, I've, I've heard like horror stories of other, other money meets and stuff where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to get you the money. Eventually we're going to mail you the check. I got a, I got a fucking envelope with my name on it and a check inside of it for $10,000 that day. That's crazy. They came to me and I'm like, ha ha, great money. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like I, it was interesting. You had said about the, uh, with the IPF worlds, like I know, um, cause I'm on the IPF media team and they have a guy, um, Eric Roop, who's just phenomenal with that Wi-Fi situation you were talking about. He knows ahead of time. He knows this whole setup. He's got like a list of questions and he runs through it. And this dude, like things don't like if a Wi-Fi falls down, he knows how to problem solve it. Cause he's been all over the world doing this kind of thing. And in those, uh, in terms of like the, the, uh, media team, like with the cameras, they hired like TV guys. And this one dude, he's 73 years old, working in like, for, they're from England, right? BBC, mm-hmm. with the BBC, like back in like the 80s and 70s, like these are for real TV guys who do like, this is what they do. So I know the IPF is like, you know, you could, you have your budget and they have tons of money, obviously US Open. Yeah. Go out there, get, get a fucking TV team and get like yeah. a, a guy who does the Wi-Fi and that's all he does is just do these kind of streams. And because, uh, yeah, like you said, probably like in terms of what was going on on the platform, man, it was like all the biggest names. Now, the night before, when you're making weight and you're walking around in the hotel and you're seeing all these guys, these are like living legends who were there. Yeah. How were you feeling? Were you like, holy, what were your expectations? It's, it's I'm, I'm always starstruck, dude, because I, I still think like I'm at the time I was 23 and I'm like, I'm 23 years old. Like, who the fuck am I? Like, I'm. Like what? And what is this? You know? And like, <laughs> see Dan Green, and he comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Joe, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Well, fuck, you know who I am? That's crazy." Uh, I love how you. I love how you talk about Dan Green because I'm like the same way. Dan Green is like not even real, right? He's like a comic book yeah. dude. Like this dude doesn't actually walk the streets. He's not a real person. He's a myth. This is crazy. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 dude, like it's. It's crazy because I don't I don't feel I don't think I'm ever gonna not feel like that just because I have so much I have so much respect for these guys because I know how much effort it takes to get to that level and like I it's it's just crazy because I I see Ed Cohn I see like Dan Green I see Andrew Herbert I see Larry Wheels Kevin Oak Ben Pollock all the other guys that I like Yuri Belkin all these guys and I'm just like. Fuck, dude! Like, if everybody <laughs> is here for this reason, yeah, like we yeah. have all, Holy shit. like, the, yeah, the cumulative, the cumulative training age of everyone here, ten years. Dan Green, like, fifteen years. Kevin Oak, like, fifteen years. It's like over a hundred and fifty fucking years of time spent in the gym for one singular purpose. Yeah. And just knowing that is like, it's just overwhelmingly awesome, but over overwhelming in general. Yeah. You know, and it's. But, but then I, like, the biggest thing with me, because going back to that at the animal cage, like in 2015, I, I was like, I'm going to do this one day. I, I, I meant to do this one day. I literally would repeat to myself on like the, the day before the day of like on the platform in the warm up room, I would literally just like think to myself and I'm like, I am meant to be here. Like, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. 
mm-hmm. and it's just repeated repeatedly saying that and not even like visualization of like get the lift get the lift it's just like whatever happens happens but i've done everything within my realm of possibility or like within my power to set myself up for success here mm-hmm. and on this day and i'm supposed to do this on this day like this is where i am and that that's how it was you know it was, you it, 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 it was uh, I, I slept fine. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm not good at sleeping in general. <laughs> like I, Same. I, it's, I'm more of a nap guy. Like I'll, I, I don't really sleep straight. Like I'll, I'll sleep and then wake up and like, like bum around and then like go take a nap and then another nap. Cause that's, it's how I've always been. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but I slept okay. I mean, we were at my, uh, Skylar is a bartender at the Weston Hotel, uh, downtown Columbus, which is like, it's a really nice, really nice hotel. Um, and she gets special rates at other hotels. So we like upgraded to like the, the seven layer, like jumbo bed, heaven, whatever. So I'm just like laying there. I'm like, it's fucking great type of thing. So we had had like no want for comfort or anything and i was like i i slept all right i took some like uh i took like a half a thing of benadryl like to, the diphenhydramine to just like not knock me on my ass and but not like be groggy the next day yeah, and just yeah. went to bed early and i i slept okay like it wasn't great but i was i knew i wasn't going to be like wanting for any energy the day of the meet so when the meet know, was I, when it was the day of the meet and the lifting started who, A, who was handling you with that kind of dough on the line? Who was handling you? And um, did you know where you're at in the field? And did you know, like, you're getting towards a podium finish? And, like, uh, in terms of the day of the actual battle occurring? Um, Charlie Young was handling me. He's also, he was also and still is coached by uh, Thomas Neal. Um, Char- me, me, Dallas Norris, and Kyle Keough all pitched in to pay for Charlie to come out to the competition to wrap our knees because he's like he's terrifyingly good at wrapping knees like my they were black and blue and disgusting um for like weeks after but um charlie came out um he was he was handling me he i had him call my attempts i was like you've seen my training you know what i can hit like just do it um and and it's i trusted him you know he's he's a great friend and i uh, I basically told him like, "Hey, you get you get me any money, I'll give you ten percent of it." Oh shit! So, See, that's what we were talking about before. Is like, yeah. how would that work? Because ten G's or fucking forty K, when you're yeah. handling, you were like, "God damn, man, it's it's a lot of money on the line, and it would be a lot of pressure for a dude to run numbers and be like, I don't want to cost this guy forty K. This guy could turn around and be like, that was you, that was you.'" You know what I mean? Like yeah. you should have done yeah. this. You should. Yeah. That's yeah. pressure. And, you know, it's like a. And, and it, it, yeah, it, it depends on the type of person. Cause like, I I I'd like to think I wouldn't be like, it's your fault, man. But yeah. like, I I I get it. You know, and but I was like, I I was like, man, I I can't, I couldn't do it without you. So like, if you get me, if you get me any money, that's part of yours, or that part of that is yours. So that's I, good. I just, we just came to an agreement. I was like, ten percent of it, I'll just PayPal you, whatever. And um, basically, what what happened was I, uh, well, first off, on my last squat warm up, which uh, seven eighty five, um, my squat rack height 
was like we didn't adjust it a little like it was up one from where it should have been so i i squat with my my pinkies under like thumbs forward pinkies under and like the eagle claw grip or whatever and i'm walking out with it and i smoke it like no issue whatever i'm walking it back in i miss the fucking rack (laughs) so i I'm going and I'm I on the ER rack, you know, it's like they're angled in or angled out. Yeah. Mine were in, so I drop it and it's coming down and it slices my two fingers. Oh. So on my last spot warm up, like six minutes from lifting time, I'm fucking bleeding like a stuck blood, pig. Blood has been the drawn. Back. You drew first like, blood. Hmm? You drew first blood. Yeah, yeah. The and I'm, I'm all, like, I'm just I'm just freaking out because I'm like, well, I'm gonna bomb on deadlifts now. I'm not gonna be able to hold on to anything. Oh, like I just yeah, fucking yeah, kill yeah. myself. I'm done. <laughs> but I we go to the EMTs. They like they hit me with like some uh, like uh, what's it called like the nitrite to stop the bleeding and like just bandage me up. And I'm like, well, we're just gonna have to see how it goes. Yeah. And uh, we my first attempt on squat was uh, like 826 or whatever kilo equivalent of 825 is. I smoke it, got three white lights. Um, my next plan was like my plan was to go 825, bigger jump to the second attempt to 865. Jesus. See how that see how that moves, and then either call anywhere from like 880 to 905. Um, and I hit smoke the first attempt, easy like the platform because it's it's. It's on a stage, so we were we were like seven, eight feet above everybody else. Uh, so they had like an elevated platform up there. I thought that, the, that it felt weird. It it felt weird under your feet mm-hmm. because I'm coming up on my first attempt, and I like I rotate a little bit, and I'm like all on my right leg, and I'm like I finish, and I'm like okay, that was terrifying, <laughs> but I I I hit it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to address that on my next attempt. We call for 865, um, just getting ready for it. Like, we're just, he, Charlie wraps my knees. Uh, I walk out there, and I smoke it. It, mo- it moved so disgustingly fast, but it probably moved that fast because I was high. They, they, it was two to one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was gonna say you what you like smoke weed for like, I was like, oh got you. You no, 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 smoke no. it high. Okay, yeah. plot thickens. Yeah. Got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got called on my second attempt that 865, two reds on the side, one one white from the head judge. Uh told me I was just an inch high in the like Charlie in Dallas, because uh, Dallas was in the flight before me or after he wasn't in my same flight, so he was watching and he's like they were both like, ah, it could have went either way, whatever. And and I was like, all right, well, and me being, because my my whole thought process is there's a difference between being a strong lifter and a good lifter. A strong lifter can hit big numbers, but a good lifter puts puts a big total together. Mm-hmm. So, like, a good lifter retakes, retakes an attempt that he misses, um, doesn't, go balls to the wall, like doesn't go four for nine, three for nine, five for nine. Like you want seven for nine, eight for nine, nine for nine meets to put that biggest big total together that you can. So I, this was the one time where I was like, just retake it, just retake it, retake it. I don't, whatever. I'm not going to wait for you guys. And are you thinking yourself when you do this? Cause in the meet, we're all talking about it, how close the competition is. 
And we're all saying, like, it'll depend who goes nine for nine. And it's the first event, and already you missed one. Are you telling yourself, fuck, man, I hope this doesn't end up, you know, it's tough. That's tough, isn't it? Like, did that at all bother you? I'm sure, I'm sure that was, like, in the back of my head somewhere. But in the moment, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking me. I'm just thinking, like, all right, close to nine for nine as I can. Doesn't yeah. matter. Retake 865. You know, I, it, it's, it's sort of a mixture of knowing the outside pressures, but then like pushing them out and like keeping them right here, not letting them like in during that time. Cause that, it just, it, it yeah, fucked yeah. you up. Yeah. Yeah. And we go, so going yeah. into the bench, you might mm-hmm. be anywhere from 30 to 40 pounds, maybe less than maybe you would have hoped if you gotten, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so going to the bench, did you know where the other cats were? And what was the what was the feeling going into the bench press with that hanging over you? We, this is this is actually really interesting because I, I I posted about this on Reddit a while ago because this this was a lot of it was a lot of fun and it was it was really only could have happened at a meet like the U.S. Open because I called I called for I was planning to end anywhere from like five oh one to five fifteen on my thirds if I hit first second thirds like perfect world whatever. Um, but Yuri and I, and because it was basically me and Yuri as like the two top two twenties uh, up up there. Like there was another, I don't even remember. Uh, Josh Lentz was another guy that he he totaled. I think he totaled like nineteen ten or something. Um, but he's uh, like he he's great dude, but just not not at that level yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yuri and I were opening at this at like similar benches. I was at like 485. He was at like 481. And he changed. He we saw his camp go talk to the judges table. Change his bench attempt to 485. And we were. I was like. I'm. I'm good at benching. My bench has really been clicking lately, like this past year. And uh, I basically we took some smaller jump warm ups in the back room. And I hit 475, and it moved like nothing, like literally nothing on my chest. So he moved his opener to 485, and then we waited a couple of minutes and went up to the judging table, moved my opener to 491. And then he, his camp, saw that we had done that, waited a couple of minutes, moved his opener to 491, and then we're in, in with me and Charlie, we're talking amongst ourselves and we're like, all right, we got him now because we're in his head. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, very true. He's showing that he's looking at you. How, what was his last yeah. squat? What was his last, do you know what his last squat was? He, he only went one for three on squats. I hit that 865 on my last. Yeah. He only, he only hit his opener at 790, I think oh, it was. Oh, shit, son. Okay. Yeah, because at this point, he's, he's thinking. He knows it's like Joe Sullivan. Who the fuck is this guy? Like, where the hell did that squat that's like eighty pounds ahead of my squat come from? Yeah, wow. because unless I he's following squat champs, but go on. <laughs> I I have him by squat. He has me by deadlift. So it's just it was this like dynamic. So this, thing. He's saying this battle might be won and lost in the bench. Yeah, yeah. So. He he increased his opener, and then me and Charlie are just sitting there, and we're like, we're in his head now, because 
I, we haven't seen his, his benches, so we didn't know how they were moving, but I knew, like, I knew the way that 475 and then the 485 that I took in the warm-up room, the way that was moving, I knew I was going three for three on bench. Like, mm-hmm. unless I royally fucked it up somehow, like missing an attempt or something, mm-hmm. or like just losing it, I knew that that was how it was going to be today. And I, t- uh, well, what he, he hit his opener before me, because he hit that 491, I was opening at like 496 or whatever. Um, or no, four, we, no, we were opening it both at 491. He hit his first grinder, like really, really difficult. And me and Charlie just look at one another and we're like, let's fucking go, man. Let's take and it till they I, take a knife to this kid's neck. Yeah, and, and I go out there and smoke my opener, like just no issue whatsoever. Could have hit it for like a rep a set of four um and then racket he calls for his second his second's only a two and a half kilo increase misses oh shit so so we're like he's lucky we got that opener if he's that close to the limit that was ballsy of him to do man that's a lot of money yeah yeah and then and then um we i go out there hit my second honestly my second was harder than my third attempt because it was it was like four ninety nine, I think it was, or whatever. Cause I got it out, I got it like right here, and I was, I swear to God, I forgot to press on my chest because it felt so light. I was like, I forgot where I was, and I'm like, oh shit, and I, I go, but it was, it was harder than my third attempt, and we, because of that, we only called my third to five oh seven. So Yuri hits his four ninety four or four ninety six or whatever it was. He got it on his third attempt. It was fucking like grinder level, like RPE eleven type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I gotta give him that. But then we call five oh seven on my third, which is right in between that that end range I wanted, and I smoke it. Like I I, I was good for like another two and a half kilos, maybe even five kilos, but smoke it three for three on bench. I'm ahead of him by what is that like seventy pounds. Now, so I'm I'm in the lead by 70 pounds. We're figuring out the Wilkes in the back, like seeing where where the deadlifts are going to put us. And I'm still in my head. I'm thinking, fuck, I got these fingers that have like that are just bleeding like crazy. Because with the bench press, they were they were bleeding because there was so much pressure put yeah. on them. And I and I, I was I was paranoid, freaking out in the back room. So we just take it easy on warm ups. Just see what's going on, see how they're going to be, and uh, we actually get the EMTs. We we had a good conversation with the EMTs. Another guy was talking to my dad. He's an older older gentleman. Was talking to my dad, and they became like best buddies or whatever. And uh, end up getting a preemptive packet of those nitrite blood blood stop coagulation things, and we put those on preemptively. Before my last warm-ups, I hit six uh, six seventy-eight or whatever it, it was in the back room. No issues. I hold it for like three seconds at the top. I'm I'm like, okay, this is good. This is this 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 is gonna be all right. So we go out. I open at seven oh five. Smoke it. No issues whatsoever. And this is when it's like, okay, we're we might have to. We're gonna have to see where Yuri goes, and we're gonna have to adjust accordingly because he's he's a monster on deck. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. That, that, that's 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 what he's good at. Yeah, and 
he smokes his opener at like 865, I think it was. So that pretty much just trumps my squat. You know, so now it's like, okay, neck and neck, I'm ahead of him by like 10 pounds now. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this this is it. So I call, um, I call 751 on my second, smoke it. Like, no issue. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. You know, we're just going to have to see what Yuri does and figure it out. Cause like, you know, you're going toe to toe with fucking Yuri Belkin, eh? I, it's Smith. Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? I'm like, this is cool. This point, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" What and then the fuck is little, going little, on? Joe, little Joe in the back of my head is just like, "You can beat him. Yeah, you can do it. Shit, this might happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so basically, um, he hits, uh, or no, he opened at like 8:30, and then he hit 8:80 on his second. So on his second, we see that, um, like, I'm only ahead of him by 10 pounds. And we, or wait, no, no, he's ahead of me at that point. I forget how it worked out, but he's, he's ahead of me. And we figure out that in order to beat him, in order to stay ahead of him, if he misses his third attempt, which we knew he was going to go 904 or whatever, mm-hmm. cause he always goes 904 until he broke it like the week after, yeah, which yeah, is a whole yeah. other, but, um, we knew he was going to go to that. So we just, we know we got to stay ahead of him, so we call ballsy move. I need it to win. Put on, put eight oh four on the bar, and I'm I've never touched that weight. The mo the heaviest I went in training was seven twenty. So I'm Holy like, holy smokes, like, that's a huge 80, jump, eighty five pounds. Woo! Hey man, this is the yeah. this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I I'm like, fuck it, you know. And in my head, I'm like. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like this is this is what it's about. And I call 804 on the bar. If I would have hit that, it would have put me at a. I think it would have put me at a like a 605 Wilkes or a 6 603 Wilkes, um, and a 2175 or something total, um, as opposed to where I finished at 2121. I I squeeze it i'm like all right let's do it and i stand up with it i get it about mid quad and then this hand is just like no yeah. and, oh, shit yeah Came and I, I it. yeah and it, i i almost had it like i i don't have the video of it because i switched phones but it's it's on facebook somewhere but i i almost had it and then yuri went on to miss his third so had i gotten that Whoa. i would have so yeah. Yuri was like, God damn, man, I'm not sleeping on Joe Sullivan no more. Yeah. You actually gave him a test. We, Chris Duffin got video of uh, us talking after the competition, because during the competition, it was like, nobody, like, we're not talking to one another because we're, like, competing, and it's just like, you just don't want to do that, especially yeah. with, like, the Russian guys. They're like, I, I must break you type yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back of room, just like ha 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 fun, you know, like this is great. But yeah. they're just like laser focused. But uh, afterwards, we're talking, and he's like, I, 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 on it, and he's broken English. Like he's not great at speaking English, as I'm. I know none, zero Russian. But yeah. uh, he's like, I, I, I have no idea who you are prior to this, but now, now I know Joe Sullivan, Joe Sullivan, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Joe, yeah, you're like, yeah. now you know me, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's yeah. following you on Facebook and shit now, or on Instagram, and he's actually not really on Instagram much, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, we we talked, and it was just I congratulated him, and it was awesome. He ended up hitting like a, I think it was like a twenty-one seventy-three total with like a six hundred one Wilkes. Yeah. And I finished with a twenty-one twenty-one total with a five eighty-seven Wilkes, a five eighty-seven point eight, and then Sean Doyle, who's another Kabuki strength sponsored athlete. It, like you, uh, Sean Doyle, he's like a 308. He's strong as strong as hell. Like, uh, yeah. should be like, will eventually be totaling like, I think he's going for like 2350 or something, something absurd at Big Dogs too. Um, he missed a 920 deadlift on his third, which yeah. would have put Wilkes at 588 to beat me. Mm. But. Yeah, that he made that jump to try to beat me, but um, it just it, he wasn't able to, and um, just it was so it was Yuri, myself, and then Sean as one, two, three. So who? So was Duffin um, handling Sean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. was he? Okay. Yep. And, and yeah. And you, like, you were like, "Hey, man, you you backed the wrong horse there, homeboy." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, and then a- after this, they offered me a Kabuki Strength sponsored athlete. So I'm like, hey. Oh, that, that's right. That's why they're like, let's get this guy yeah, in. After, yeah, yeah. But no, it, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like, me, me and Sean are like good friends and stuff. And, yeah, like, we post the hell out of Sean as well. He's an extremely strong guy, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and that's like, we all end like. Me, uh, Skyler, my parents, uh, and like the whole Kabuki team went out afterwards, got dinner, and it was grand old time type yeah, yeah. of thing. And like, that, hmm? so who? So after? So you guys, you went out to dinner, and then is that when he actually got you on the team and said, "Do you want to join?" No, it was it was like a week after this. Um, it was basically basically we just enjoyed ourselves for like the rest of the rest of the time there. You know, it was like just hanging out, talking, like, talking, like, lifting and whatever and just stuff like that, but... Did it hit you after? Big, holy shit, I was in the mix there and I, like, like, was it, like, holy... I remember looking at the results, like, some big-name dudes you were saying about getting injured, like, got injured, dropped out, like, you couldn't call it. Uh, you couldn't call it, man. No, yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the thing, like, me, an, another good friend of mine, Dominici, um, he's, a, he's a super heavyweight, uh, we're both competing at the same uh, USPA meet in November, uh, November nineteenth, the Southern Southern Strength Showcase number two. We're both going to be down there, um, and he like we we were talking about it, and it's like all these guys, like everybody, it, it's the whole go all in mindset. Everybody was all in because when you have the opportunity to like win a salary, you know, like uh, not not a not a great salary, but it's like just a fucking extra income of like 40 grand yeah everybody's gonna pull out all the stops every everybody's gonna be like training a little bit harder doing a little bit extra like getting a little bit extra sleep a little bit of extra time whatever you know and and sometimes like it just worked out the way it was herbert ruptured his tricep tendon uh larry uh like tore his quad, like had a muscle belly tear in his quad. Andy Huang uh, had a muscle belly tear in his quad. Kevin Oak uh, like fucked up his SI or whatever was going on with that. And it's, it just worked out that way, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, it could same thing could have happened to me. Cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not it completely injury free. Like I ruptured my bicep tendon um, 
uh, like a year and a half or a year, yeah, a year and a half ago. Uh, and it's just, it, it, you walk that tightrope, you know, yeah, yeah. like when I, when I felt that pop in my arm, now I think every time like I'm unracking a squat, I'm like, man, I, I felt that like pop and then the roll of the muscle into the, Jeez, into the shoulder. That's, that's, yeah. yeah that's like, I, I wonder what, it's like, I wonder what that would feel like with a quad tendon. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Ugh. Don't want one of those things, man. Don't do it to yourself. Who do you, who do you yeah. train with uh, back in your home gym? Who's your crew, your mm -hmm. team? Like, do you got do you got a team that you train with, like a powerlifting team, or? I mean, it's not so much like like we don't have like all right, it's squat day, bench day, whatever. Like, I, I generally do my own thing. I've I've been I'm more of a guy that's like do his own thing and like just get in the gym, do do the work and go. But um, we have a good a good group of people at uh, Beyond Limits Training uh, at downtown Columbus. Um, like we're, we're all friends in there. That's actually where I met Skylar. Like, cause everybody in there is like 20 to 40 years old. Like it's that, it's that age bracket. Mm -hmm. And we'd go in there and if like, it, it was really cool because I, most of the guys in that gym are, uh, USAPL and IPF competitors like, uh, Katie Rutherford lifts there. Um, and like a, a bunch, a bunch of just, it's very like IPF oriented, but yeah, I've seen you guys like, when we repost. I noticed the gym and Katie in the same gym. Like it looks like a strong gym. Yeah, and, and that and that's the thing. It's like it's everybody in there is like training for something. It's not so much like just a okay. Everybody's training for this meet. Everybody's going to be squatting this day. But it's like everybody has a competition, whether it's strongman, figure. Um, powerlifting, whatever, CrossFit, whatever, it's everybody is very goal oriented. And it's, it's just a really good environment. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't, I've never been one of those guys that like, I need to go there and have like my squat day with my, my guys, like my guy to wrap my knees, my guy to whatever. Like I, I've never been that guy, but just knowing I can, I can text Katie, I can text my friend Alex Bogart, I can text, uh, Jake Daniel, I can have Skylar come on, on one of her off days and be like, hey, I need you there because I have to work up to like 880 yeah. or something. Because I just need somebody to, somebody there to like yell at me. And there's you know? like no uh, cross-federational politics. Everyone's like, whatever. They just get along and do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so cool because it's like if I'm like, I'm, I, I put, I put my thoughts out there. Like I... I've made my choices, whatever, and I don't care what other choices people make, other make, other people make. Mm. But like, just completely sort of semi-related thing. I have a lot of respect for Brett Gibbs because he didn't shake the Kazakhstan dude's hand mm -hmm. uh, at me. Because this is a very, very special circumstance where there are options for both drug tested and non-drug tested. Yeah. So you can see the guys totaling ten times body weight at two twenty. Uh, and then you can see the guys like Ray Williams hitting 1,036, walked out ass to grass, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, would I go co try to compete at IPF Worlds? Mm -hmm. No. Is that immoral and shitty? Yes. Is mm -hmm. the guy from Kazakhstan a scumbag? In my opinion, yes. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's one of those. I know what you mean. Where like. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much the overall feel for everybody, whether, whether like in the IPF or whatever. Everyone loves powerlifting in general. The biggest thing is like, just don't don't cheat. Nobody respects a cheat. Nobody respects like 
Yeah, yeah like like you got a medal, but you 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 had an unfair advantage, man. Like uh, yeah. there there was a yeah. sandbox for you to play in. If you think you're that good, try to try to go show up the yeah. U.S. Open. Yeah. You know, if if you're gonna do exactly. that, show up the U.S. Open. Try that out. Don't go over to the IPF and beat up on guys. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I know exactly. what you mean, and um, I think everybody kind of is on that page, except yeah. for those dudes yeah. who are trying to guys and girls who are trying to cheat it out. But uh, yeah, and and that's and that's why that's why I really I love Beyond Limits because it's everybody sort of has that mindset, and everybody there isn't isn't shy about sharing that mindset because like as 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 a non IPF competitor, like I've had conversations with guys where it's sort of that like you sort of get that vibe of like the, the snide, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, oh, but you squat with reps, you know, that should be equipped, but oh, whatever, you know. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it's sort, sort of like the, that sort of like snide, like oh, I'm gonna kind of look at my look down my nose at you, but not really, but a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's fine, you know, it's whatever. It doesn't hurt my feelings, but it's like, it's just nice having Beyond Limits where everybody is as close to as objective as you can be. And I, it's just cool, you know, because yeah. Going in there and being like, "Hey, I'm USBA. I'm gonna try to squat like what, like obscene weight, like nine hundred. Eventually, I want to take the squat world record from Sam Bird. Um, I want to. It's nine fifteen at two twenty. I want to walk it out mm. uh, because I'm I'm a non monolift elitist. That's the yeah. one thing I am. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if if Ed Cohn and Andre Milanichev can walk their squats out, why can't you and yeah, Ray yeah, Williams? Yeah. Like, can't you guys? But um, but I want to walk it out and, and break that squat world record. But like, just knowing I can say that to those guys, and then also, um, I'm going to be uh, the Beyond Limits. We're we're putting a Beyond Limits training team together for Raw Nationals, and I'm going to be down there. And knowing that I'm going to be the coach down there, and I and nobody has any issues with that. That's freaking cool. Like that's yeah. a good environment, and I love that. You know, because we're all we're all friends, and it's just it's like. Yeah, as it should be, man. As it should be, no need for judgment. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, we got I, we got it. We're running a bit a little bit out of time. This is an amazing interview. We should probably have you back, dude, because you said you could shoot the shit. And no kidding, you you can shoot the shit. You're a good hell of a guest. Uh, one of the best episodes we've ever had. I'll give a shout out to Kitty Ann Rutherford. She actually was my girlfriend's nutrition coach, and um, so yeah, six degrees of separation, right? And, um, she's so, my fiance's nutrition coach, so no woo. shit. Well, she's good at what she does. Anybody you want to shout out and thank uh, before we let you go? Uh, Kabuki Strength Elite FTS uh, Thomas Neal. Uh, he did my coaching uh, prior to Kabuki Strength. Uh, he got me got me to 2006 pound total raw with sleeves. He's a great dude. Um, studied studied under Shaiko for a while. Like he's smart as hell oh, and sadistic and terrible. Um, and then Chris Duffin, Kabuki Movement Systems, like that has played a huge role. Um, love my girlfriend, love my parents. Uh, tell your parents you love them. Call your grandparents. Ask them questions before they die. Be be good people. Don't be shitheads. There you go. Words to live by. Hey Joe. Hey Joe. You got a lot of years left in you. When this is all done, how do you want to be remembered? Best in the world, ever, oh, ever. The goat. Ever. Wowzers, man! Wow, who the you know? I wouldn't doubt you. Seeing how the everything you've overcome and how far you made it already at 24. Hey, thanks for coming on, Joe. Love to have you back. Hey, I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys again. I believe me, I love talking. But, yeah, yeah. All okay, right, thank you. See you, mate. Have a good one. Yeah. Yep. Shit, man, that was a. Uh,
We got a minute? How much time we got? No, we got a couple minutes. I just wanted to go. We were about an hour and a half in. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, dude, that holy smoke. The thing is about him, the reason why I wanted to cut it off to it, because we could have talked to him for hours, but I do want him back because there's so many yeah. more stories left. Well, in that's there. just like, the, like, oh, like, like he, he's a sequel. This guy's yeah. a sequel. No, there's, there's some people you could hit a lot of it in the first uh, in the first go around yeah. hour, hour. Another guy that was like an hour and forty five minutes. Because he's just story after story. Like, he's, and, but he's he can sequel. tell a story. Yeah, he's a sequel. Yeah, and we just hit like literally we. So we, he said he had a meet in November. Does that mean he's not doing boss of bosses? Well, yeah, it doesn't sound like it, no. Which is uh, well, whatever. I mean, it's tough to. Back to back to back to back type deal, right? I'm, I bet he'd probably be down there. Yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of time. I, we'll, we'll hit him back up before November. Yeah, we we literally just dove in on the U.S. Open meet. Yeah. Imagine going through all of his, his meets like that, you know, and his background. Holy sugar, man. Yeah. I can't believe, like, as soon as I heard he's from Flint. Well, Michael Moore made Flint. Famous. Famous with the bowling yeah. for Columbine. Or notorious. Bowling but for then, Columbine, right? So. Uh, but then, um, yeah, and even he talks about it often because he's from Fleet. And a couple yeah, of yeah. The bowling for Columbine in particular, yeah. And then um, he talks about, uh, or was it bowling for Columbine or Fahrenheit 9-11? Whatever. Anyways, um, he made it famous. And then, obviously, the water crisis they had and everything. Like, everyone's looking at Flint like, holy smokes. You knew, like, he was going to have stories. We even dove into all of his stories. But coming in as, a, like, almost a 300-pound kid at five foot five, at 14, Jesus Christ. When he said he was a meatball, he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing, man. Like, um, yeah, he's, he's been around. I can't believe it's true that at 24, you almost do forget the kid's 24. He's a kid. He's 24. Holy crap, man. He's, and you know, right. it's, it's funny because the live stream was so shit. And, I, and I'll be honest, I didn't really go back and look at all the numbers and everything else. And I did not realize he was that close to Yuri. I didn't. So when I was watching, um, I just watched like like segments here and there. Uh, I didn't hit the live stream, but I was like paying attention and, and posting up on our accounts. But um, I seen Joe like what were he placed and I was like, holy smokes. Yeah. Just because not that I doubt Joe, but they're like Joe was saying, they're like legends in there. Yeah. You know, and you would think like, but obviously shit happens. You know, Larry Wills and and Andrew and the, like guys like get pulled out from injuries and well his training Kevin coming Oak. I mean, we posted the shit out of his training because he was tagging. He was doing good. Us. Yeah, yeah, and, he, yeah. He was he was, he was tagging us. I, I, it's funny about him because I remember one I reposted on him was uh, I don't remember what it was. Something one of the, one of the deadlifts, but he he was like king of lifts. Tag the or uh, repost this fucking lift, and I was like, you know, uh, Joe yeah. asked us so subtly. Dude, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he was like, he's like, like come he's on, like, man, you guys forget about me. He, he was we got so, so many. He was so excited about that one lift, though. I just remember yeah. that coming in. But, but uh, and that's it. Like Yuri, man, you should be following us. We we post everybody. Remember yeah. T Papula said, uh, yeah, man. Sometimes I follow you guys just to see if there's somebody creeping under my radar. Yeah. And you guys post them, you're like, oh shit, who's this cat? Dennis Cornelius said the same thing. He likes yeah. to pay attention to the repos because then that's one thing with social media um and actually yuri doesn't post a whole hell of a lot no everyone knows he's damn good yeah he's good he doesn't really post a lot it's, but it's, if he gets injured or whatever you have no idea yeah flies on the radar with that but um yeah and you know what shout out to powerlifting motivation live from powerlifting motivation studios friggin uh, i think that's good for this one man yeah that's good on to the next one till next time